How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Good morning and welcome to the pre-season kickoff podcast. I'm here with Ash. Hello, mate. How are you? Uh, I am. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, the the sound coming through the mic sounds positive nice and loud today which is uh, which is exciting and i've just come off the back of a little teary session watching that latest adidas kit drop video uh, what did what did you think of the third kit launch uh, do you know what i mean out of things i give a shit about third kits are fairly low on on the agenda but that video was was pretty sweet right i mean the references back to the past that little nice you know, Dennis Bergkamp appearance in the middle of it all. And, well, oh, so, it was awesome. so let me I get this. The, was the it passion the, and the pride, right? It was. Is it a third kit or is it a second kit? Because normally our bluey. I think it's kit, our, You think it's the third? No, the whitey, the white kit is our second kit, isn't it? Okay, all right. The white and red one. I don't know. They're going big though, Adidas, right? They we spoke about right. this on the pod the other week, but they really do seem to have a lot of heart for the brand. Totally, like more than anywhere I've seen before. Um, I was following another kit launch the other day, which is quite controversial, which is the England rugby kit launch. And like, frankly, no one gives a shit about that stuff. Well, some people do, but for no reason. But Adidas have really gone to town. I love their marketing team. I think they should do a job with the Cronkies because they seem to understand the club better than Adidas do than the Cronkies do. So who knows? Yeah, and you know what? Um, I, I don't know whether I was just reading into it a little bit too much, but a few. Um a few key points because when you work in advertising, you nerd out over things like this. But I thought, um, I thought there were, there were two layers to the story. Like the first one, you know, like the, the family notion 
Uh, like that yeah. just connects with football fans regardless. But I totally. thought the family notion yep. was particularly interesting considering we have been the least, well, we, we've been a, a very um, corrupted family over the last 10 years as a fan base. Totally. I, right? I think that it's it's very much a unifying message, isn't it? And it's just like, don't let anybody else divide us. That's yeah. the complete message of that. And Let's it, us do our bit. And everyone else can talk about that, but we go forward together. And it's the Victoria Concordia crisis thing. I don't know why anybody now objects to using that phrase and we have to call it Vic, uh, just fucking Vic. Anyway, it's the right thing. I, and I thought also the other big point, which I think is very fair, and I think people who think that it's taking advantage of the current kind of socio-political climate is bullshit because we were the first big club to have um, uh, a ladies' side. We were the first, you know, we were arguably the most diverse supporter base in the top flight. And I just thought the complete positioning of our men's and women's teams on a completely equal footing was exactly how it should be. Now. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Someone tweeted me and said, you know, the um, the balance of um, the the men's football team, the women's football team, and like the historical references really gave it uh, an all encompassing yeah. feel. Um, so I, I, th- I think the the coming together of the fan base was uh, like felt like very insidery and for for the for the you know the hardcore fans. Um, I also thought that the positioning of Mikel Arteta as a bit of a rock star was interesting. You know, he's only been in the job Love six it. months and he Love is it. front and center. We didn't. I, I mean, we never put Arsene Wenger front and center in those sorts no, of you, videos you- before. You put the player that sold the most shirts in there, right? <laughs> as simple yeah. as that. And we didn't even really potentially, well, we may have done with Saka, but there weren't many in the men's squad. Like, there was no over, right? There was none of the, I think we mentioned Gabriel, Saka, and about maybe two others. So I think that was really brave. And I think, um, but I think they're getting Mikel's message out there really, really strongly about the non-negotiables. I mean, that's a phrase none of us were using six months ago. Yeah, now we're using it in meetings. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, but one of my non-negotiables is... <laughs> is this, right? And it's... Oh, they used to be called must-haves, right? So, yeah. um, and um, I, I just do think... It, look, we've talked about this before. He's not a head coach. He's a manager. And I think now... I think that's more the case since Don Raul's gone than ever, really. Yeah. I think he's got a bigger voice than any head coach has in the Premier League. And uh, I think that that come. I think that that can be problematic as well. I, I don't. I don't think the answer to um, a, you know a shocking hire in Unai Emery. I don't. I don't think the response to losing Raúl is to you know almost David Dean esque without this you know the success that Wenger had. You know we lost David Dean and then all the power landed on Arsene Wenger. I think it's a little bit different now because we've got Edu. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think you know. Um, people were thinking, how would this affect all of that and the Kia uh, and stuff? And then I just, I, I just thought the comments from the Leon president, who's a notoriously good negotiator, right? I mean, he's always got top dollar for every one of his players over the years. Or less. Uh, was really respectful about Adi about this, uh, the conversations about Alwar. And I think that was really Giannino, transparent about it. It, it was Janino, the guy uh, who used to score all the free kicks. He's the guy that used to score the free kicks. This is their, I think it's their president who, I think Juninho is still, I think he's there in some kind of capacity, but um, uh, it was their president that was talking about it. And uh, when was the last time someone said we were a pleasure to deal with? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Edu certainly looks like a nice guy. Uh, he's a very handsome man. Hopefully he's going to show that he's more than just a handsome face um, over this coming season. Yeah. Um, and 
back on back on the video before we before we leave it. Um, I love the Sorry, uniform. Right. It was Janino. It, it was Janino. It was Janino. Yeah, and, and yep. um, you know we can talk a little bit about you know some of the substance of what he said. But the um, the final part of the video is I like the shirt. You know I don't normally like the the third kits that, that we have. Remember remember that one that the Freddy Krueger one that we had. Oh, we've had yeah. some shockers. Sorry, uh, Alexis. Talk. Alexis, stop. Sorry, I don't know what. I, don't I, know think what's... You, I think you've just bought every third kit that we've ever had. So. Uh... Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I still despair at the fact that we have to have a new kit every season, you know, as long as it looks like an Arsenal shirt nowadays. I have to say that the, um, the, the reinvention of the bruised banana, that's the only one I've bought in the last uh, year or so. And I did wake up early in the hours here to make sure I got one. And it wasn't a hard uh, reinvention. I think that the hard reinvention is going to come maybe in a, in a oh, couple totally. of years. What year was totally. what year was the bruised banana? Was it ninety three? Bruised banana was 90, 92, 93. But we used to wear kits for like two or three seasons in those days. Yeah, so but but maybe um, maybe the bruised banana um, will come out for you know. Yeah, it was the one after the one we won the league in ninety one, and so yeah, ninety two, ninety three, it would have been. Yeah, I seem I, like to, I remember that kit because we the lost against Wrexham. Oh God! Yeah, let's not talk about that. Yeah, let's not that talk about Patrick, that. That was a big welcome to football for Patrick Vieira since November. Or was that York City? One or the other? Yeah. So, um, so happy with the kit launch. That's uh, that's very exciting. Uh, so let's move on. Um, let's let's move on to the squad. The you know the, the goings on the squad. Um, like I, I haven't got any definitive rumblings, but obviously I hear things um, that are going on in and around the club and. It it seems like the priority is going to be Awa, um, bringing some creativity, yeah. bringing a, yeah. a you know a, a, a number eight style midfielder that can run with the ball, that can play those tantalising through balls. I think he's going to be the priority, and then if they can get Thomas Partey, um, that will. I, I mean, if if we get Thomas Partey, top four has got to be the minimum this season. That would also be an incredible transfer window. I I couldn't agree with you more. I think um, uh, parking the I think there's a broader issue about offloading people, but I think that that seems like a pretty good list to me, and I think that's the right priority order as well. Um, I uh, I would argue that with Danny resigning for this year, would you put Partey ahead of Alvarez as a, uh, as a signing? There's an argument you could do. Um, but I think uh, hopefully we'll get both done. Um, but it, it's looking increasingly like we need to shift some people sharp, sharpish. The whole world's got no money. The whole world knows we need to flog these players. No one's going to pay top dollar for. Yeah, so I we, mean even PSG. Either, are either we take the pro- either we card. take the hit. Yeah, well, we take the hit or we don't. And I think like you go through this in financial crisis, we've got big organisations, CFOs. They're like, if I'm going to make a loss or I'm going to take a hit do it all in one big go now rather than spread the pain out over a period of time. And I'm just wondering if that's on anyone's radar at the club that say, sod it, sorry, we're just going to terminate all your contracts and yes, you can be paid out but and we'll take the hit. But that whether that presents a cash flow issue or not, I know we've re- restructured a lot of our debt position and stuff like that. So uh, you probably want Swiss Rambler on for that not me <laughs> but, yeah but i think it, i think it's interesting that you, we're probably gonna we're probably gonna end uh, uh 
Socrates, Socrates, Socrates. Um, we're probably going to end his contract by mutual consent, um, which makes sense. He was earning a, a, a shed load of money. Um, yep. So he, he's gone. Mikatarian is gone. He was 180 grand a week. Yeah. Um, I, I suspect the, the, the fee generating players this summer are going to be Guendozi, uh, Lacazette, well, the, yeah. and Torreira. Well, the other thing is, the other thing is, it dep- I, and I'm not sure how they do this, but how they structure the amortization of the transfer fee for each of those players. If you're, t- so if you're terminating the contract early, you're going to take a bigger hit for year three of their deal, which is what you sign them on. You're amortizing the, the transfer fee over three years, for example. And you're going to eat that in year two. So it does talk a little bit to what I said before, but how many of those are we willing to do? Yeah. Um, I, and I, I think the, um, the interesting, interesting that now PSG are apparently not interested in Bellerin and now they're interested in Matteo and with the potential of swapping Draxler. I forgot that Draxler even existed and he's only 26 years old. But um, Well, that was my shock when I, when I read that. I was like, he's still only 26. And look... Yeah. I've I've always thought he's a great great player. I think you know his numbers in Paris aren't terrible, by the way. They're like Williams' the numbers. Bench. They're they're, they're yeah, he's been com- doing it off the bench. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't think there's any shame in going to Paris and getting stuck behind their forward line, right? No, doesn't really tell you not a lot at all. And by the way, you know what a fantastic season they ended up having in the end. You know, that yeah. Was a, but Mateo, getting Matteo off the books would be great. I think Leonardo's uh, vision is to Frenchify the squad. I think that he had a Matteo yeah. had a pretty good think, two games in the week. So I think yeah, um, and I think that's I think that's what's really helped us is actually he played he played he did play well for France. He's played both games. He's very much on the radar, uh, and hopefully one of those clubs will take him. Yeah, because I think there was a little bit of worry amongst the fan base that his bad attitude had got into the heads of Europe. Uh, the European scouting network, but I, I don't, I don't think that's true. I mean, even PSG are, well, it's are claiming to, it's poverty, that. right? I mean, it's funny. I, yeah. Like, well, I don't, I, I don't, know, I, I don't know whether that's FFP related, but um, I think, I think it is FFP related because apparently they've been warned a couple of times already, haven't they? Yes, um, they have. Uh, they have. So I think they, I think they, and I think they saw. I mean, Man City got off. Let's be clear on a technicality. Yeah, uh, in my that's my personal opinion. If they want to come and see me, feel free. I've got nothing. Um, but uh, I think, therefore, Paris think that PSG probably think that if we if we do do this, the penal they're not frightened of handing out a bad penalty or a big penalty. Yeah, and um, I, I suspect the Paris want to pick up bargains this summer, like everybody else. They're the the billionaire going around buying houses in a recession, right? Houses, yeah, houses. and look, uh, here's the deal: they're not far off being a top, top, top team. I mean, that Champions League final, granted, but I mean, they were again. Tuchel's taken them to the next level from where Emery had them. God, <laughs> didn't want to mention that name. Yeah, there we go. And, and by Munich, like, let's give them credit; they are a blistering yeah. team. They are. Oh, they're, they're a pleasure to watch, aren't they? Yeah, it's just such a shame. Serge Gnabry, oh my God, what a dream. What a dream. <sighs> I, I, yeah. I was just wondering this. Um, I remember watching Serge, Serge Gnabry back in the day. I'm pretty sure that I wrote, he is um, no worse than Chamberlain or Theo Walcott. Oh, totally. But I would so, have kept him over Theo any day of the week. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's quite maddening. The uh, You know, the story is that 
you know, got this from Germany as well. The story is that, um, you know, he what Arsenal didn't even come to the table with an offer before he went to the Olympics. It's uh, but you know what? Nice. Some you know what? Sometimes the environment um, that you're in is you know it, it doesn't help you. You know, some players just don't work in certain environments, and I'm not convinced that uh, Serge would be at his yeah. level. Right? There's it's, no way that he'd be at this level. Same with the school, it's same with the university, it's same with the career. Like sometimes you need a change or it's got to be different and it's not going to work for you and you've got to do it. Um, so fair play to him. I don't think he left on bad terms. I think, uh, the time he did leave, our club was in a hell of a lot more disarray than people realised, you know? Uh, so, and things like that happened. Yeah. So talking of environments that aren't quite right for people, uh, Meza Ozil has been on the PR tear. Uh, he's been doing some Q and A's. He said that he is fit. He is ready for selection. It's not up to him who picks the squad. Do we think we're going to see uh, a bit of redemption for Meza Ozil this season, or was it just uh, you know circumstances that saw him play in um, the the game against Villa? I believe. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, he's definitely not going anywhere. That's for sure. And. I think to have someone like that's just not even on the bench is a complete waste. I think he's got something to add. And I think Arteta has proven that he can get the best out of people who we think. I mean, Mustafi at the end of last season is a quality example of a player that we, we've talked about for years. Like we, we would be the, it would be the first on the list to get out. And actually, granted, he wasn't perfect, but he was a hell of a lot better than he had been before. He was our best defender. Uh, and let's, I just, let's be upfront. Mustafi was our best defender. Was, and he yeah, only had he one bad game. And that, I think that was against yep. Spurs. And he'd been playing three games a week for however long. You know, I, I think that yeah. we just have uh, and, to accept but by the way, better. And by the way, when you compare that next, you know, to the person that was stood next to him, who conceded more penalties in the Premier League than any other player ever has before, um, and we renewed his contract. I think you got to you got to ask the question. So, I, I think the the Urzel question for me is: Do you want to put that much effort into a player who you think probably will leave next season, who's thirty one, thirty two, versus start to build from the ground up for the future, or do you do you have, do you have to have that balancing act? And I think if we don't get for whatever reason you don't end up with that other midfielder with the attacking options, I think Messi's right back in the frame. Well, yeah, because it it does depend. It does depend on the reason that he was dropped. Like, I, I you know, th- there are so many things that it could possibly have been. We know that you know he's not exactly an effort monster when it comes to um, training, and you know yep. his body language. Uh, you know, body language is important to Arteta, and we know that that can sometimes be quite negative. We know that he was yep. one of the you know the leading voices against taking a pay cut, and he didn't take a pay cut. And then thirdly bit conspiratorial here but um you know there were some rumors that the the comments about uh you know the appalling um, treatment of the uyghurs in uh, in china and his comments about it might have added um a little bit of fuel to that fire because you have to say just just before we get into it you have to say the on pitch the on pitch performances under arteta before the lockdown were pretty good not electrifying but they weren't bad no 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 Right, but he and and he was almost that that focal point, um, that focal point there. I think that the uh, the Chinese thing is going to be tough, and I think he's perfectly entitled to say what he wants. Uh, I think is that the reason the Chinese streaming service and the biggest external deal for the Premier League's being killed? Is it fab? China's China's loss, <laughs> honestly. China's loss there. 
I, I mean, look, we don't want to get into this whole thing, but look, what Mesut said, I think, is fair. I do think he's a good human being and he wants to use his voice for good, and he tried to. And yeah, we are I mean, where we, we are. I don't think that should interrupt his career. I think that's worse if we... I think if we if that's the reason he's not playing, that's terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I don't that think with that. Club, I think it's more, uh, you know, more to do with the pay taken, cuts. Considering we've taken, you know, the amount of money we've taken from the Rwandan government to promote Rwanda on our shirt in a third world country, I think we should have a think about that. Yeah. I don't think any of this is true. So, anyway. well, look, Paul Kagame was was good at the, you know, he did some good stuff at the beginning. Um, so, no, I sound like I'm, shit, I'm shilling for Rwanda there. I just read a, <laughs> I just read a really good article about Paul in the, uh, in the Economist. So, um, yeah. So, it, it, look, if it, I, I, one of my big complaints about uh, Unai Emery back in the day was, look, your your job as a manager is to sometimes take a big fat L if it is in the name of getting players back to their best, and if our problem is creativity. If our problem is moving the ball um, between the lines in the, you know, in uh, um, and making decisive actions in the final third, if you can get Meza Erzul motivated, even if he's seventy five percent of the player he was, you know what? That is better than the output that we've got at the moment. So if if Arteta can get Meza focused, and, and remember, uh, Meza Erzul's got to have a good season because no one is picking up even half of his wage bill. No, right? No, no. one is. No one is. No one's no. going near that. So if um, if if Arteta can get um, it can get seventy five percent out of Mesut Ozil and look maybe it's like I I don't think we've got as much of a problem against big six teams now that come to play us I think our problem is teams that sit back and play a deep block there's no better player in the world that I'm picking a deep block than Mesut Ozil so I, no I'm look, I'm with you it's logical right I think you know I, I'm totally with you and I you know for me it's a bit like you've got that banger of a car in the, in the in the driveway that isn't quite running and you've got an emergency and you you don't just sit there and say well I can't get there at least try and get the car to work yeah but and the banger is a 1975 Porsche right it's good <laughs> right. fix it up the and thing is, the thing is still damn good yeah so I, I and I also think that it, it's it would it would maybe be a smart move of Arteta to at least try and integrate him. Like if Ozil is training, like if you have non-negotiables and Meza Ozil is doing all the things that are being asked of him, like to ostracize could be perceived as petty. So if you give him a chance to come back in, look, it might go to shit, but at least then we'll know. So um, it is, I think the squad that is picked for the Fulham game at the weekend is going to be um, really interesting because Mesut looks kind of happy in, in the training sessions. Um, yeah. I, I mean, look, I mean, I, here's the reality. Mate, two days time will know. God, I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait either. Like, and and when, when was the last time that you actually felt, I mean, it, even with the squad reshaping that we've done right now, we've added to creativity with William, who isn't on the downward trajectory. He was very much on the up um, after the restart. Yeah. Um, you've added like two six foot plus defenders, six foot three and six foot four in Gabriel and Saliba. Rob Holding and, and, is doing stepovers in training and he's staying. And Youngins. I'm glad Holding's staying. I saw the rationale to send him out on loan. He definitely is a confidence player. The more he plays, the better he gets. And I think they thought maybe he's not going to get as many chances, but fuck it, I hope he does. I think he's a class act. I, um, look, I, I don't have an issue. Everyone's like, you know, defenders take years to mature. Sometimes they don't. Tony Adams played when he was 17, was captain at 19. And I know you can't find Tony Adams 
every week and every year. But Jesus, it's been 30 years. Maybe we find one. And, and, and also, uh, you know, getting a 19... Not the, the pro, you know, I used to have a friend that, um, that played at Arsenal and you know, he used to say that, you know, when you're 16, 17, up against someone like Sol Campbell, you're a, you're a baby and you just get, you know, smashed off the ball. But William Saliba is very big and Gabriel is very big and they've both had unbelievable seasons and their game isn't all predicated on strength either. You know, like it's, they're very technical players. Um, Gabriel, it's going to be interesting to see if he can transfer that ability uh, in the air. And Saliba, it's going to be interesting because Saliba doesn't make many tackles. He's he's a, he's a he's a ball nicker. He's somebody that positions himself really well. So it'd be interesting to see how quickly they do you know get that, integrated. Who, do you know who? Do you know who you reminds me of when, when when they talk about him? I'm not talking about sort of highlight reels on YouTube or whatever. Is you know you got to remember Lauren Koscielny came to us with that kind of reputation, albeit from Division Two, hadn't missed a tackle or sort of hadn't missed an interception or whatever it was all season, stayed on his feet a lot more than going down. And that's the, that's the kind of rhetoric I'm hearing about these two, which is always good. If, if we get anyone as good as Koscielny, I'll take it. Yeah, I think the the, the two... Like prime Koscielny, the, prime Koscielny, not broken Koscielny. Obviously. Yeah, they complement each other, don't they? You've got, um, we've yeah. got a problem um, conceding from set pieces, which is Gabriel, who's like one of the best, has the best aerial dual record in Ligue 1. And then you've got Saliba. Um, I don't think he was beaten in a one-on-one all season, right? So, and that's pretty. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that was the, the exact same record that Koscielny had. And um, Koscielny yeah. had his problems, but he was still a class act. Oh, without a doubt. And um, I look. You just mentioned it this time last year. I think we were building into a season. We said, you know, Emery's had a solid first season. As long as we get the strategy right, we're going to be in there. We didn't get a strategy right. The season before that, we got a new manager, albeit a bit of a shock. So there's nerves and everything else. I don't remember the last time I've gone and we've gone into a season and I felt this buoyant or like really, really up for it. Now, I don't think we're going to win the league. Although, of course, I always do. But, um, it, it just feels different because of, like, like we've said, the, the attitude around the club, the focal points. We seem to have a strategy around a key set of targets that we've, we've identified, uh, and that we want. Uh, and I think we've got a strategy around players we want to get rid of. Now, executing that, all of those things is difficult. I'm not for one minute suggesting that that's that, but shit, if you'd said to us six months ago, we would have two, international or on the verge of international world-class defenders joining the club we said what you who why haven't we signed another midfielder or a winger <laughs> what i was i was talking to somebody about this the other day when have you ever gone into a season and gone shit our defense is basically set we have two players in every position that can compete Two great keepers. Um, we've got two, yeah. two now, of the look, best of young centre-backs. Exactly. Tierney. Plus, plus a couple of experience. Maitland-Niles. I think as well. Cost. Bellerin. It's you a dream. Maitland-Niles, Bellerin. I mean, jeez. And here's the other thing, yeah. Ash. Here's the other thing that I love. Um, you know, uh, like, 10 years ago when I was when I'd write about Arsenal, you'd be like, oh, you know what we need? We're not very good um, from set pieces. We need a tall defender. And everyone was like, oh, no, no, no. That's not how the game is played now. And then you know we eventually signed Murtasaka and sort of partially solved those problems. This this season, 
we conceded the most, you know, one of the worst teams from set pieces. We've gone out and we signed well, two, two. No, we were not only set, not only set pieces, just defensively full stop. To be fair, oh yeah, yeah, set yeah. pieces is absolutely the main reason behind it. But we but, like our defensive record when Arteta picked up was the fifth, you know, the, the fifth best in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah but the other thing that I love, so you know, we, we've gone. All right, we're shit at set pieces. Let's sign the the person who wins the most aerial duels in uh, in the league in France. And then we also said, let's hire a coach that specialises in it. Like that was like that used that, that sort of mindset. Remember back in the day, and fans used to be, you know, what we fucking need? We need Tony Adams in there. Tying the defenders yeah. together, yeah. working that yeah. offside trap, and now, and now, yeah, exactly. Arteta just went out and what did the movie? it. Yeah, Arteta just went out and did it. I saw a know, problem. And the he only thing it. about all of this, I'm really happy about it. Obviously, we 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 nabbed Brentford's uh, Johnson um, goalkeeping coach as well, and this this guy apparently started quite a while ago, uh, before it was announced. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Inaki um, is the goalkeeping yeah. coach. Yeah. yeah, he started yeah, yeah. Um, in December, but the, no, the no, set no, piece guy. The, Started a yeah, month ago, right? Actually, yeah, but he actually, I think he started a couple of weeks before the announcement, which is quite interesting. Yeah. But the um, um, Brentford lost their top strike from last season and Mr. I feel sorry for Brentford. That was what I was going to say because they're, they, and actually, I think they've built a pretty stable thing and they're unlucky not to be in the Premier League and we just rinsed their back room. <laughs> And yeah. we're about to probably nab their keeper as well. So I, I anyway, didn't, didn't Brentford business. lose the final from a horrific yeah. goalkeeping error. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That's no way to go out. That's no way to go out. You got a feel for that. Um, so yeah, we're, so we're feeling good about the defense. I think we, you know we've spoken about um, the midfield. Let's get let's get to the cherry on top of the podcast. Uh, David Ornstein saying Ober is about to sign a, a new three year deal with Arsenal. Um, he was convinced by Arteta. Um, he was made one of the highest paid players at the club. I think it's quite a bonus contract. What do you think of uh, three more years of Oba? The only reason we are not relegation fodder uh, is Aubameyang. When you only score 50-odd goals in a season and he's responsible for more than two-thirds of those, he's there. We've alluded to it before. I think Arteta doesn't have... Arteta can't fix everything overnight in every area. And I think he needed some stability. And if he's got his top man there, that makes the rest of the job a bit easier for the next two or three years. I think uh, it's. It, it, I think it's as important as any time a Vieira or an Henri decided to stay. If I'm completely honest, um, and I think having him and his influence around when you've got young players like Martinelli coming up, Saka coming, up, like I just think it's great. And 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 Eddie. I think Eddie can learn so much from that guy at that age. Uh, yeah, I think I it's the best best decision this summer. Yeah, and it's you know, like Jules said, It's like a whole new signing. Uh, and you know the um, the some of the interesting points around it um, that I love. Like, firstly, that there was a love affair between Ober and Arteta from the start. Like, he went out on a limb in January, and he's like, "This is the oh. best player at the club." Because um, I well, thought that he, I thought that he might try and um, sell him to raise some funds, and Arteta's clearly of the um, of the mindset, similar to Nagelsmann at uh, Leipzig, that young players need senior players, 
And, you know, yep. Nagelsmann thinks that, like, Leipzig only sign people 17 to 23 generally. And he's like, to get to the next level, we need more senior players. So that's interesting. And also the other interesting tidbit was apparently Manchester City, according to David Ornstein, didn't sign Obama Ying because they'd heard about his attitude. And apart from a bit of a miserable December, you've never really seen a bad attitude from Obama Ying. He's always smiling, always, you know, working with the young players. And he I- leads by example. I suspect the Man City thing is, um, I think they had their fingers burnt with Balotelli, right? And his sort of very public persona and attitude. I think perhaps they saw a little bit of that in Aubameyang, you know, the, 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 uh, the bling cars, the Insta accounts and all that kind of stuff. I think, um, I think the club, and he's now played for three managers at Arsenal. There's not many people who can say that, by the way. No. Um, I think I think we've managed him pretty well. I think we've let him be himself. And I think that's also why he's very good at scoring no matter where he's played. Um at club at club level. So he's very North London, isn't he? He's very like uh, you know yeah. like uh, he's a, he's a very Arsenal player. Uh, uh, you know and the 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 closest player from a sort of persona perspective um, that we've had since Ian Wright. You know that sort of magnetic yes. smile. But no 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 no. I, I genuinely agree that if you had to, if you were going to make one comparison, if you didn't say Ian Wright, I was going to shout, no, 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 it's Ian Wright. Yeah. And I also think when you see Wrighty interview him, there's a love in there as well. There's a mutual kind of, I think they're very similar characters. I think they're, I, look. Both proper goal I, scorers. T- you take another Ian Wright any day of the week. You take yeah. another Alan Smith any day of the week, to be fair. And, um, We've got one. Hang on to him. Yeah, and also think the comparison. You know the the concerns about uh, the injury record. I think Arteta said, you know, generally you judge a player by their last injury, and uh, Aubameyang doesn't have a lot of injuries. And then you look at who won the Golden Boot this year. Jamie Vardy never ages, right? And I feel like they're sort yeah. of similar in frame. Um, yeah, and look, and I think that's. I think we wanted Vardy. We ended up with Aubameyang. I don't think that's bad thing at all. No, I agree. I agree, and I, I, I do hope though. If we um, I, also like this, um, that that's a fantastic signing. Also, shout out to Eddie Nketia, four goals for the under twenty ones. That one that he scored in the last game with a little dink. Outs- outstanding. Forced another error. I, I love Lacazette, but there's no room for him when you've got Eddie over and Martinelli coming up as well. It'd be interesting as well. Would you like? It'd be interesting to see uh, because Gabriel um, played at, like predominantly out on the left, but he you know had a blistering start playing through the middle. And Emery kept on saying he's not, he's not a, he's not a number nine. He's not a number nine. Like, do do we keep um, Martinelli out on the left when he comes back, or do we go out and sign someone like um, you know the Celtic guy, uh, Edward? You know, that's going to be interesting because it's a lot of pressure to put on Eddie. And, you know, he doesn't have the same swagger in the starting his, 11 for Arsenal yeah. that he does for the under-21s. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think he's he's definitely got the support, but there's no supporters in the ground, if you know what I mean. So I think that's also going to take the pressure off the younger player. It's true. Um, I think what will be interesting around all of this is, obviously, the window shuts in about four weeks' time. Is there going to be another window in January or is that going to be a delayed window? And I, I suspect it'll happen in January because of the way player contracts are structured. And we're going into um, 
Uh, we're going to try and have a Euro a European Championships next summer, right? I mean, it's as simple as that. It's fucking Possibly crazy on their thing. legs, isn't it? It's, it's crazy, crazy on their legs. So, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's insane. But I think if there's a second window in January, I think the dynamics will be very, very different because essentially all you're asking for is about 10 weeks out of these players before you can actually shuffle the pack again. So if you didn't get a previous deal done, could you then go and get it done? Or if you didn't get the deal done and the players just turned out to be amazing, well, you can back your own decision. I mean, it's it's tough to call. It's tough to call. Because um, we really do love- need to rely on people outside Aubameyang scoring this season, right? We need to, yeah. William, William needs to show up. Um, yeah, Saka. I mean, look, the old, the old adage, the old adage about our, our you know, Wenger's top sides were, yes, you got 30, 30 league goals from an Omri or whoever, but you also got ten or fifteen from Bergkamp, ten or fifteen from Jungberg, fifteen to twenty from Perez, ten from Wiltord, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there going, what the hell? Like we're just scoring for fun. At the moment, we get no goals from anybody except for Aubameyang, and that that's the balance that really needs addressing. Yeah, we need to have a bit more of a progressive formation going into this season. Yeah. More creativity, think, but also players taking more of a chance. I think. Do you think he's going to start the season with five at the back, just or three? Sorry, three at the back, essentially, or he's going to move to the four-three-three he wants to play? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be quite interesting, isn't it, going into that Fulham game because um, you know we need we need to be more creative going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I, it's all gonna. I'm, I'm very interested to see how he deploys William. Like, is William gonna play in yeah. a ten role, or is yeah. he gonna play out on the left? And are we gonna bring Meza Özil back? But I think the the biggest problem that Arsenal are gonna face this season is we are absolutely awful when it comes to unpicking a deep block, right? And teams are gonna yeah. deep block us this season, so there needs to be a solution. I don't. I think William helps. I think he he played the third most balls into into the box in the Premier League last season. Meza Ozil would obviously help if he's brought back into contention. And then there's always the off chance that he might try and play someone like Smith Rowe. But I kind of feel like it. You know, it's it's a lot of pressure to put on him this early, right? He doesn't feel like he's fully formed enough. But you know, we'll see. But I I, I think that he might start with you know his his three at the back. Um, formation to start the season and then I guess the idea is uh, David Luiz I know he's injured and I think Rob Holding will probably slot in for him but I guess you're going to have like first half of the season is about continuity second half of the season will be building into the season after where we want to compete in the Champions League right so that's when you'll start to see what having more mobile centre-backs that can play the ball out of the back will be my guess anyway yeah the um I think you know, I, th- I think those are all really really good points. Look, we're going to find out in two days' time. I don't think I thought it was a great one to start with, you know. Um, but we're going to have to. I mean, the, the games are going to come thick and fast, and he's going to have to find out what works pretty damn quickly. Um, and I think it's going to be a variation of those things. I think I think we're going to be a little bit, hopefully, a little bit more focused on playing the right players against the right opposition. Um, but he's going to have to use his squad given the volume of games. And, and we still have, for some reason, during this insanity, fucking internationals. 
I, yeah, I know. Like the Nations Cup. What the fuck is that? Honestly. I still don't know what it is, by the way. I don't care about it. And just fucking stop. Yeah, you would have thought they'd uh, give that a rest this season. Do we have World Cup qualifiers uh, in the next international break? When does that happen? I don't know. No, I think the Nations Cup are qualifiers now, aren't they? Oh, is that what it is? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that, that what taking in that um, taking in Gareth Southgate. Um, Gareth Southgate football is so unappealing. I, ju- I don't know why anybody thought that he was some sort of um, revelation after the World Cup. I think that he's got he's got a collection of the, one of the best generations we've ever had, and um, he's uh, he looks he doesn't look good. He doesn't look good. But it's a job that no one wants to take. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so anyway, on the Fulham game, so uh, I think that that's going to be a, a massive test. Arsenal are a team that needs the, to have momentum, um, you know, wind in the sails. And if we win that and then we beat uh, West Ham that look like they're in um, a total mess at the moment and then get something out of the Liverpool game, Puts us in pretty good contention to, um, you know, puts us in a good position. If you lose the Fulham, lose the Fulham game, get a draw at West Ham, then you're making things difficult for yourselves. And I'm just a little bit concerned. I don't know what the results were after we won the Community Shield before, but didn't we? You know, we, we've lost a few pretty shocking openers over the last um, eight years. Aston Villa springs to mind. <sighs> yeah, but that kind of. So first and foremost, I'm telling you, I don't insist losing to Fulham. They're a team that's just come up. Um, they've got a lot of new faces. They've got some great players in there, without a doubt. But um, um, I'm hoping for a little bit of naivety. A little bit of naivety. Oh, like, when, you know, Fulham go out on a big spending spree after. Um, yeah. Um, um, so there's that. I think. Uh, Look, you've got to build confidence. The last two times we've been asked to play Liverpool Football Club, um, we've beaten them. So there's nothing to suggest we wouldn't do, you know, we're not capable of doing that again. West Ham are in disarray. But look, this is, this is professional football at the top level. You can't, you've got to go out there and you've got to do it, especially against those, those teams that you've got to go and beat. And this is where we need to break the hoodoo, right? Can't you know? You know, we were a team that couldn't play at twelve o'clock on certain seasons, or at four o'clock in other seasons, or we can't play in the northwest. Bullshit! You should be able to play our game everywhere. Yeah, and that's what he's got to do. It's it, it is consistency. And uh, I think that what Arteta is bringing to the party this year is uh, preparation that counts. You know, like every every tactical plan is simple to understand. Most of the players seem more than capable of executing it. We just know that there's, you know, it's going to take a couple of seasons to shake out the last 10 years of the way that we've been coached. But turning up in the Community Shield, turning up in an FA Cup final, we know that the talent is there. And I think that we've made some good additions. I just think, I just hope that it's a fast start. Where we need to be, we need to be within spitting distance of the top four heading into uh, the, the, the Christmas period. And then, uh, then it's all exactly. To play for, and I don't right? think I, 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 I totally right. And I, I think that's all you've got to go for. And I think, um, I, and I think it's a total reset. You know, forget all the hoodoos we've had in the past. We don't yeah. play well in November. You know, all of that crap. This is something new. This it feels different. Yeah. So let's treat it differently as fans as well as 
as the players and the club seem to be trying to do that. Yeah. Um, so you're positive about the weekend game? On, yeah, totally. totally. I love that. I think we're lucky in the sense that we we played the cup final, which is obviously a week after anybody else. Uh, the European teams went off. They're a bit more knackered because they had a couple more games, uh, Champions League and UEFA Cup. I think we were able to get them to have a good rest, but then play the Community Shield anyway, albeit after a week in. And that was a reasonably good run out, by the way. I mean, it wasn't a tough, it wasn't like a tough sort of cup final game, but it was still a pretty strong performance. And I think he's he's now putting those other players in and, and getting the club he wants. So I'm very glass half full, which is usually the case. Cool. But I'm going with a two or three nil, two or three nil for Arsenal. Love it. And um, predictions for the awesome. season? Oh. Prediction for the season? Bit too early, isn't it? Before you really know how the squad's going to yeah. land. Yeah. Let's chat next week. Let's chat next week. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad that you are predicting a, a win. Um, I, I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a two, a two nil win as well. So let's, uh, let's see how correct we are on that. Ash, thank you for, uh, chipping into the day to, to do a, a preseason podcast and enjoy the game this weekend. And, uh, to everybody Definitely. that's listening, Remember, you can sign up to the new LeGrove newsletter uh, by going onto the website. Check out the new blog because it looks pretty awesome. Uh, and remember, uh, the, the, the best review that I've got on iTunes is somebody that said, LeGrove told me to give me a five-star review. Love that. Uh, leave a five-star review. It means the world to me uh, and helps us get up those rankings. So on that note, enjoy the game this weekend. The Premier League is back. Uh, ciao for now. is streaming your favorite shows movies live sports breaking news exclusive originals and every live wwe pay-per-view it's the office chrisley knows best and peacock original shows like punky brewster peacock watch for free upgrade for more stream now at peacocktv.com sports social podcast network hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus